everybody. This is the Grace Society podcast where theology meets practicality. I'm Jay Segundo. And I'm Justin. And this is episode two of the Grace Society podcast. Yes, sir. Round two. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we want to thank you guys, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts. Everyone who listened last week, engaged um, in the first podcast. And we thoroughly hope that you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. That you received something from it. And our heart was really just to establish the the base or the foundation of where this podcast was going to go. Yeah, for sure. I really loved um, just all the feedback, all the love right. we got. Um, and just uh, criticism, too. Um, not that criticism in a negative way, but yeah. just like anything that we can learn from is awesome to receive. So I'm, I'm It really wasn't like good. anyone was throwing stones, though. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. We're, we're good. <laughs> we're not calling anybody out. No, we? no, no. It's all love. We, we I, I definitely um, received it all in love. And um, yeah, we want to just grow and move forward. Right. So last week we, we started with the emphasis of the Bible being the word of God, that we can trust it. But there's a statement that we kind of want to um, re- bring to remembrance because we're going to kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. And it was that the Bible comes to us authoritative when interpreted correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's the, that when we kind of like giggled and then laughed because we were like, dang, <laughs> there's so much we can say about that one part. Yeah. And so we thought that this week we'll kind of break that down into the practical steps of how we interpret the Bible. How does that word come to us authoritative and doing this correctly and why it's even necessary to do this? Yeah. I, I like that we're doing this because a lot of the times, um, you know, when, when we were starting out as believers on, on our own, really for our own, when we were able to do uh, the seeking and the reading right. and the interpretation for ourselves rather than when we were kids, whatever was taught to us or whatever, you know, was around us. Um, you know, when we started off, uh, at least for me, I can speak for myself. Right. Um, you know, I, I didn't really understand interpretation or that I even needed to put work into right. what interpretation how I was to read taking. The Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how to read it and how I was reading it versus how like, Mm-mm, I'm hesitant to say should, but there is like a correct. Right. No, they're definitely. <laughs> no, they're definitely. I, I don't want to say that like I'm. I'm like what what we're gonna say is law and and no, and, no, and no, correct, no. but there is definitely a correct way to to read and interpret. Right. We're usually told, hey, just go read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so we come and, and sometimes we can take things out of context or not understand um, the literary form that it was written in or whatever it may be. And so um, that causes uh, abuse to the scriptures. It causes misuse. It yeah. causes misquoting um, scripture. And so it's really important that if we have established that this is the word of God, then we view it as such, that we don't just view it as one-liners to tweet or or all yeah. these things, but that we actually view it, revere it, and 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 acknowledge the word of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's start there. I think that's a good place to kind of break down and go the correct way or um, the way that we should come to the Bible, the way that we should come and, and, and to the word of God. And the aim of good interpretation, honestly, is really simple. It's to get the plain meaning of the text. Yeah. The author's actual intended meaning. Yeah. You know, not what we think the text is going to say right. or should say or how it should say or the tone it should be. Mm-hmm. But rather, let's say we're, we're reading the book of Romans. What is Paul actually trying to say? Not what Justin wants Paul to be saying. Right. It's two different things. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that's important because a lot of the times what gets mixed in there is feeling. Yeah, and so what do I feel? What am I feeling in the moment? And how does my feeling, uh, how is it reflected in what I'm reading? Rather right. that that you know it should be the opposite of what am I reading and how does that come to impact what I'm feeling? Exactly. I, I shouldn't filter scripture through my feelings mm. or through my emotions, no. but I should filter my emotions and my feelings through scripture. Right. Cause if we can be honest, we, we, we come to this Bible mm-hmm. and we come with many lenses, whether that be the lenses of our past experiences, our culture, the prior teachings that yeah. we've had, the prior understandings of the words of the text mm-hmm. or, or, and so we come to this, to this Bible and we have all those lenses on. Mm-hmm. And so un un. I want to say like, it's not intentional because I don't think anybody's here trying to misuse or distort scripture. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. anyone's intention, but because we come with so many lenses, 
it causes us sometimes to lead, it leads us astray or it causes us to uh, bring our ideas and all these different ideas that we've heard and this, this mixed salad to the text instead of saying, okay, before I try to interpret anything mm-hmm. or before I try to even work through anything, what is Paul saying? What is Jesus saying? What was he actually trying to get across? Right. And I think, I think in that, in that aspect, I think context is key. You know, context Huge. gives you the bigger picture. And and, and like you said before, it, it's important to like some some scripture, like great one liners. Oh, no, yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. You know, mic droppers and like, you know, uh, you know, you quoted and yeah, that's a That's yeah. a dope verse. But that's fine. Right. When when used and when understood in the grand scale of its context. And I think when we view scripture that way when we start to study scripture mainly study scripture in that way where we're doing it not to just pick out one-liners that we approve of but rather understanding the entire context and larger picture of it all i think that's where we walk that safe path right and we can be honest i mean we've come to the bible before and Let's say we've we've just had this teaching about what the Bible should say or whatever. And depending whatever uh, group we're kind of associated with, Mm -hmm. when we come to the text, we can almost find it in every text. Hmm. In a sense, I can kind of make it seem like I'm reading that which I already have. I didn't come to the text saying teach me but rather i'm interpreting the text with the lens that i have on right so if i want to find uh glory portals or whatever it is or (laughs) i'm gonna find it in the text because i have this lens to find it already yeah and so something that might not have anything to do with it i'm gonna be able to use that text twist it in a sense and apply it to kind of affirm what i have already believed coming into the yeah yeah. And I think also when, when as you said that, um, you know, it, it's kind of like if I, I know you. Right. Right. And, um, you know, so I know how you say things. And, and, and if, if you're going to if you say thing a certain way and then you text me right. like in real life, you're, 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 you we have conversations. Right. But then you text me. In in my head, I'm reading the text as you would say it right. because I know you. Exactly. But, but rather if I'm reading a text from somebody I don't know, but then I had like a quick interaction with them, right? Whatever it may be, I don't know. Um, you know, I will take the lens of the interaction that I had with them, right. and then I'll read what they say um, through that lens. Right. And and the same thing we do it with Instagram, we do it with, with Twitter, like whatever people tweet or whatever they whatever people quote. Um, you know, depending on the lens we have of of that pe- of that person, I was gonna mm-hmm. say of that people, of that person, um, that's how we interpret. We also interpret, we interpret you know, yeah. uh, tweets and 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 Instagram captions. So, right. um, you know, I, I think when we speak of lenses, I think that's real important because um, it's important of, for us to remove those to get the the scripture as as it should be. Right. And that's the that's the very beginning. That's the foundation of good interpretation that we come to the scriptures as, hey, what is Paul saying? What does he actually mean? What is Peter actually saying? What is is Jesus actually saying or what is David actually saying? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the very first place we come to. Not David is saying this or that's the way I understood it. That's where we kind of get lost. Yeah. And there's a there's an acknowledgement that we have to do before we even go deeper. We have to acknowledge this part of the Bible that it God has chosen to use so many different types of communication, mm-hmm. almost all of them available. Mm-hmm. Like literally in the Bible, you're going to find narrative history, genealogies, chron- uh, chronicles, laws of all kinds, poetry, proverbs, prophetic oracles, riddles, drama, <laughs> biographies, sketches, parables, letters, sermon, apocalypses, all these different types of, of genres and, and, and literary forms and different ways of communication are contained in these 66 books. Right, And just as in English, I cannot... Um, interpret a poem the same way I interpreted the narrative history book. It's the same thing when the Bible. Right. I can't expect to 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 take something that wasn't meant to be literal but allegorical and then apply it to my life as if it hmm. was something that was literal. Hmm. 
And so there's, if, if that were the case, then I have to be able to read the book of Leviticus and do everything because it's in the Bible and I didn't interpret it the right way. Right, right. And, and so <laughs> I would have to continue to be um, sacrificing animals. Right. I would, every time I sit and I would have to go get a, where's the bull next to me or whatever <laughs> it is, because I chose to not look at the type of literary it is, mm-hmm. which is historical, right. historical law and understand that the law that was given for them is for the historical time preceding Christ and the, and the implications that has and what it teaches me, not necessarily black and white right. type stuff. Right. Definitely. It allows us to, um, read what we're reading, right. Understand what we're reading and understand how that applies right. to our lives. Right. right. If if I can't figure out the literary um, genre or whatever it is of mm-hmm. the text, then I'm most likely going to misinterpret the text. Right. But here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, man, now I got to understand literary things. All these. First and foremost, let's stop this conversation and acknowledge the genius wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. How he can <laughs> apply 66 books, can keep it, keep it cohesive and coherent, right. yet have so many different literary forms and, and genres contained in scripture. Yeah. Now that we've acknowledged and, and really said, wow, God, you're literally what you claim to be as all-knowing, all-wise, we have to come to understand that if God decided to communicate in such a way, there's a reason. And that we don't believe that, oh, he just wanted to be a little uh, confusing with us so that we have to go into these deeper portals and levels and all these things to kind of understand and go to the depths of dimensions and all these things. But that God has a reason for choosing to express and write such um, ways on purpose. Yeah. And so it's not for us to be like, oh my gosh, now I'm never going to understand the Bible or the Bible's only meant for the pastors and preachers to understand. And we kind of chew it on Sundays. No, it's, it's, this is important because we all choose to read our Bible every day as we should. Right. But that when we come to the text, I'm able to realize that this Psalm is not going to be interpreted the same way that I interpret the book of Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, is as you were, as you were speaking, I, I was thinking of kind of an analogy where, you know, uh, so there is that thought of, oh, then maybe scriptures is meant for like professionals or right, whatever. Right. But it, it's not that it's that we have a responsibility, responsibility. as 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 believers and as children of God to uh, adopted children of God, children of God, um, right. <laughs> that um, we have the responsibility to learn the rules of the house. So when yes. we're growing up, uh, you know, between now now that I have a, a, a one and a half year old, one, one three, four months, um, she she's learning little by little what those rules are at the uh, of the house. She has some grace because she is one, yeah. and you know she has one year of life, and 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 it hasn't been here compared to you know me who's been on on alive for like right. twenty eight years. Um, I just gave my age out, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, in that same way, she has that grace. But now the expectancy is that as she grows older, as she continues. Um, for her to learn the rules of the house. I'm not fully expecting her to understand now, but I am expecting her to understand at some point, to continue to understand. That's her responsibility as a daughter is to to know the rules of the house, to know what what the expectation is. I don't expect her to be a professional at it right now, but I expect that with practice and with dedication that she will learn that. I think in that same way, we can view uh, the the approach to scripture, right, right, and this is like like you're like you're saying it, and we kind of want to pause here because I don't know um, how overwhelming that might have been, mm-hmm. but it's important to pause here because you said something so key. It's really not f- just for professors. Mm-hmm. This is important for us to understand because we're our, as children of God. We want to be faithful to what the Lord has given us. Yeah, and so I don't want to abuse of something that He intended for my good. And then not be able to see the full manifestation of the power of the living word in Mm. my life Mm -hmm. because I chose not to want to do the work. Right, right. You know what I mean? I chose not to want and I want to just read it through and like like if it's an ordinary book, Mm -hmm. it's not an ordinary book. Right. This is a book of life. It contains life. It has the ability to transform, to reprove, to deliver so many things that are contained in the living scriptures that we don't get to just 
treat it as if it was nothing. Right. Treat it as if it's ordinary. Yeah. And that kind of points, honestly, to uh, the culture and the time we, you know, the generations that we, we, we live now of like things come easy. Right. You know, in, in, in our day and time, if we're honest, things are easy. We, <laughs> we touch a phone, we push a button to start the car. You know, we, 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 we set up things to, to meet virtually. Like we don't have to get up and go anymore. Things are, things are simpler. Right. Things are easier. For sure. And, and, you know, progressively, I guess in, 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 in a world aspect, that's cool. You know, like right. we, we have computers and things that, that start to think for us and help us out. But, um, which is kind of scary, but um, right. in that same breath, like we cannot lose the ethic of responsibility and work and dedication, um, you know, because I think that's what proper interpretation is founded on as right. well. Um, you know, it's important to put the work in. It's important. Like, yeah. I, I guess it, it goes to that old saying, um, anything that that is worthwhile is worth working for. Yeah. You know, and this is definitely Putting right. the worth, putting the work in. And we're uh, not saying you're gonna go sweat and nah, you're gonna have the, <laughs> like the most extensive, exhaustive library that there is, and all your money is gonna go to resources and all these things. That's exact. That's not what we're talking about. But that our heart is postured in such a way where, Lord, I want to be faithful to the word that you have given us, mm -hmm. that you have preserved for longer than two thousand years, so that I may be able to walk and be brought up in righteousness and continue to live the life that you have called me to live so my approach to this is faithfulness not trying to go and and be a theologian or the greatest pastor ever but i want to be faithful to the text yeah so let's talk practical steps let's do it. let's talk practical steps to how we begin to be faithful to the text the first task is a term that we're going to put out there if you don't remember this term who cares <laughs> honestly it's just it's just <laughs> what it's called but if you don't remember the term just remember what it's about the first task is exegesis. Mm -hmm. And this is the careful study of scripture to discover the original intended meaning. That's literally what it is. What's our first step when we come to the Bible? Okay, wait, actually, let's back up. The yes. very first step, and I always tell everybody this, and it's not to be super religious. Before we open the do not open your Bible unless you pray. Hmm. I, it's not even a joke. Like the Bible was literally written by the spirit himself. And for us to think that we can come and apply our, our human knowledge to the text without allowing the spirit to be the one who reveals, who teaches, right. who leads us to truth is absolutely insane. Right. And I mean, I, I think we said it last week and if we did it, uh, we said, I think we said it sometime this week, but um, it's, it spirit speaks to spirit, spirit speaks to you spirit. know, spirit is not going to come and, and speak to like, our flesh and, right. and, and ourselves as just as, as we are, it's, it's spirit speaking to spirit. And in right. order to do so, we need to invite the spirit into that, into that moment. And you, we didn't get out of anything out of our study session or a Bible reading time because mm. we were all knowing or because we had the knowledge capable of understanding, but if we are a product of grace, so the understanding that I have is by the grace of God, revealing things to me, mm -hmm. teaching me. So we come to the book before we begin the exegesis process, praying. Father, teach me all things. Spirit, you 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 were sent down, and the Bible says that you were to teach us and lead us to truth. Reveal truth to me. Yeah, be that teacher, and then we enter into the study of Scripture to discover the original intended meaning. What did the author intend? What was actually supposed to be understood when I read this text? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember when I first word word when i first heard the word exit jesus i was like exit who <laughs> but you know it's it's just simply the the careful systematic study right. of the scripture to discover the original intended meaning right. like it's just really having the care and and the t and and the intention of yeah. wanting to to understand and know scripture for what it really is supposed to mean. Because what we often do is what we call the other opposite of exegesis, which mm -hmm. is eisegesis. The text means this. Mm. The text is supposed to be saying this. And mm. what Peter was actually trying to say right, here right. was this, or what Paul was actually. And so that's what we come and do. Instead of the first task being, what is Peter actually saying? What is Paul actually saying? Yeah. It's actually like, let's, we can say like this. It's the attempt to hear the word as the original recipients were have 
to have heard it. Yeah. If we were sitting there and Paul was actually writing this or speaking that which were what is written, how would we have understood it? Mm-hmm. How would we have um, received that which is written? Yeah. And it's it's also important to know that exegesis is not the only task. No, no. But no it's way. the first task. Yeah. It's 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 the first step we take um in 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 reading and interpreting scripture. Right. And so there's like two questions or two factors, or there's there's this real factor that that comes into exegeting the text correctly, and that's to ask the right questions. Hmm. Ask questions of the text, and it's yeah. like, what the heck are we talking about? No, actually ask questions of the text. And there's there's historical or there's context that we should ask questions about the context of scripture and then also the content. Mm. And so like, let's use examples for, for context. When I'm trying to find out what is actually being said, I must first understand what is happening. Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It's like when you walk into a conversation and you only hear one part Yeah, yeah, yeah. and That's you, good. you interpreted that and you took that and you ran with that. <laughs> and the guy who is like, bro, you missed the whole conversation. Yeah. You missed everything. You decided to take that. And because you decided to take that, you began to teach something that has nothing to do with what I was actually saying. That's funny that you say that because a lot of that happens nowadays with with news and 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 yeah. TMZ and, yeah, and sure. you know stuff like that they take a, a person's quote and then you know they label it as that one quote versus a conversation whether it be good or bad um that we do that right. in, in, in in again back to our, our culture um, thousand percent nowadays so when we're looking for context or w- what questions should we ask mm. there's two categories that fall in there historical and literary. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking for the historical context, and if you guys want to take some notes, this is great. This is good. <laughs> the historical context, you ask questions as, what's the purpose of this book? Like, let's use Pauline epistles because, you know, we like to talk about Paul. Yeah. Why did Paul write this? Mm-hmm. What is actually going on that, that urged him to write such, such a book? And why is he writing it? Mm-hmm. What is he writing? What is the purpose of it? Why is he writing it? And who is he intended for? Yeah. Those are good questions because each of those um, epistles, the letters that he wrote, they were they were for purposes. purposes. They had purpose. Yeah. And sometimes we read them as that they're just a general, just kind of writing. Like right. he was sitting in in his jail cell or in, or wherever he was, and and just writing away, you know. But th- these letters had purpose; they right. had intent. And so, asking those questions gives us that greater picture of what they were for. Oh, and we appreciate it so much more. Oh, we appreciate yeah. it so much more. Like the book of Colossians, you see Jesus, the preeminent one, highly exalted everywhere. But mm. you ask yourself, okay, I get it. But why did Paul have to write like that? Hmm. But then you you see that there was what we call the Colossian heresy. Yeah. And there was so many things being said about the person of Jesus and that they were belittling him and that he wasn't what we as Christians hold and, and believe. And so Paul says, nah, I'm not going to take none of this ridicule towards our savior. And I'm going to send them the letter of who our Christ is the preeminent one, the one before all the cre- uh, our creation, the head of the church. And he begins to go on this whole thing. And that's why history, historical context is important. Yeah. And then we move to literary or yeah, to the literary ones. And mm-hmm. those are, what's the point of this? Hmm. What's the point? This was, this is where careful reading comes to play. Cause in this point, when you're looking at the literary terms and the literary focus of this, you have to carefully read the Bible, appreciating each comma, appreciating each period, hmm. each exclamation point, carefully following the trace of, and, of, of thought that the author is portraying and how it's being presented. Yeah. And I and 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 just to kind of give an example about this one, uh, we're gonna kind of this kind of wasn't planned, but I kind of want to jump there and then come back into this because we can see this, for example, in the one of the most misunderstood texts, which is Philippians 4:13. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if we actually go to Philippians 4:13, I don't know if you want to read it. Yeah, let me pull that up real quick. Um, unless you had it. <laughs> No, because I want to talk about this tracing of thought mm-hmm. of under of reading the Bible so carefully and not, oh, okay, I'm in a new chapter. I must be in a new day. Mm-hmm. Like the chapters don't mean new day, new week, new month. Sometimes they have 500 years apart from each other, and sometimes they have literally it's just one letter, and we just had to break it down for our for our being. Philippians four thirteen, right? Yeah. All right, let's read it. 
Philippians 4.13, it says, and we all know, I'm pretty sure you already quoted it. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. I know that each of us who are either in high school right now or already been through high school or going through high school know of the athletes who have put this on every single clothing article who have it on their Instagram bio, the people who lift weights, like I can do all things to Christ. <laughs> Got it tatted on themselves. Even my favorite fighter, which is literally John Jones, has a whole <laughs> tat on his chest of Philippians 413. Yeah. And he uses that as as his super strength and the reason why he wins fights. But is that correct? No. I and 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 the the importance is to like you said to to view it correctly and i think um as i studied it and um i went in and did you know we did our own studies on right. these scriptures um you know when when we talk about being strengthened um one of the things i took is that we have a need to be strengthened from christ to hmm. perform duties that are purely christian and those that are a product of moral virtue right. so it's a strengthening to 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 be holy to be righteous you know and at the same time to be good in general because i don't know if we're going to go in this uh, at one point or not but you know there's there's scripture that 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 points to us not being good right. like we're, we're just not good right so if we trace the thought, like you're saying, because that whole thing about us, the, this the strength that we usually use this context is to help us lift some weights or right. use this thing. What is he actually saying? Exactly. And so when we ask, what is the purpose of this? Or what is he actually saying? Like we were saying we should do when we come to the text. If we would have followed from Philippians chapter one, mm. before we got to the famous 413, mm -hmm. we understand the context of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So if we jump to Philippians chapter one, verse 13, it starts by saying, oh, we'll start in 12. Mm -hmm. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What happened to you, Paul? That's the question we ask. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Hmm. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak without fear. Hmm. If I was to follow the trace of that, of what he's kind of giving the setting of why he's even writing this book, I'm able to see that Philippians 4.13 has nothing to do with my ability in the football field right. or to lift weights. Right. But being able to lean in Christ even when I'm in jail. Right. Even when I'm persecuted. Hmm. Even through hell and high water. Even when things don't look good for me. Even when all those things, even when I'm literally being in prison, waiting for my trial because I'm preaching Christ. Right. It's not that he was about to go play football or right. water polo or soccer. It was that he was literally being persecuted for his trials. Right. He was being persecuted for preaching Christ. He's being, he's thrown into prison. People are hating on him. And he's saying, guess what though? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I endure not because of my own strength, but because Christ strengthens me. Hmm, that's good. And so when we take it out of context, we make God the, the reason why I'm so good. And yes, he gives us all these gifts, but the reason you scored a goal isn't because Christ is your strength. It's the God-given ability that he's given you mm -hmm. and the work that you have put in. But when I'm being persecuted and I'm in hell and high water and I have no strength inside of me, I'm finding that what Paul said, that even when he was in prison, he was able to lean on the on the power and the strength that comes from our savior yeah and and the problem with that we find with making those little snippets of of scripture you know little catchphrases is that yeah. we, we water them down oh. from the actual power that it holds and the reason <laughs> they're even written right you know if if we're gonna use it to inspire us and mm -hmm. and and give us like this like energy to right. to get up and go and do i guess right i guess so but at but there's a greater purpose to this verse than right. my everyday doing, my everyday achieving. Right. I remember so fun. It's fun funny because this verse I've, I'll be honest, I've misused. There was <laughs> one time Heidi, I was like, just can you move the couch for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, oh wait, never mind, it's too heavy. I said, what? And I remember literally getting from the bottom and saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> and I literally lift the couch and I'm and I get it. I'm like, yeah, I did it. 
no, no. <laughs> that's Justin that's not the way this verse is supposed to be interpreted it wasn't that in that moment he gave you super strength to lift the couch right but in the moment that you're facing difficulty in your family in your relationships mm-hmm. in the moment that you're being persecuted for your faith in the moment where it seems everyone has abandoned you you can lean on the strength of Christ you can lean on the person of Christ who yeah. is your strength who is your high tower who is your rock of salvation yeah. who is your anchor mm-hmm. that's what Paul is talking about not that we can play good or better in sports or lift more weights or whatever but he's speaking on the power that there is in leaning in christ to endure right and he's talking about the 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 necessity that we have to um the the necessity that we have in in his strength to be content in every condition no matter what we may be facing whatever we we may be going through that that's the reason um it's it's not a um like a a a magic word to immediately give us the strength there (laughs) or to immediately give us the inspiration to do. Um, You know, if it inspires us, that's great. You know, like I'm not saying do not be inspired by the word of God. Like that would be weird for me to say, but at the same time, let's understand its context. Let's understand its purpose because its purpose goes even further than what we use it for. It's like, there's so much more power in it than just making being the ability to score a goal. Right. It's like using a a whole sword to to cut butter and put, and put it on bread. You know, like you could do that for sure. Like if you want to do that, but the, the purpose for a sword is to go, to war and, and to use it for war and and and, the, and that's what this scripture is it's like when you're in the middle of a war zone in your life you know and you need the strength yeah. to be just content in that right. condition and to know that your god is is, is there and is all powerful and is right. with you you know and you that you need his strength that is what the scripture is there for amen and I think that was a great example of tracing the author's thought. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because sometimes we feel like because I, I now need to go to seminary and I got to go do all these things in order to get um, better understanding of historical context and all these things. But literally, if we would have just traced back three chapters, he gives us the context of why he's writing the, script, uh, right, he's writing the letter. Mm-hmm. He gives us the context of where he's writing the letter and the reason for his letter because he sees that in his imprisonment, many people are being strengthened. Hmm. And so when I, when I'm just, I just come to the text, I didn't use anything else. Right. And we were able to rightly interpret that, which was being said. And that's why careful reading. We're not in a race to see who can read the most chapters in a day. How many times you can read the word. How many times you can read the word in a day, the length or the 365 days, which all is good. It's Mm -hmm. good. But when we're coming to carefully understand the text, it's okay to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, Mm -hmm. Comma by comma, understanding that which is being said. Yeah, you know? definitely. Okay, so that was the literary questions, and we're going back into kind of <laughs> interpreting scripture. Then the, there are the questions of content. What does this word mean? Mm-hmm. Asking questions on who is this guy? Where did this guy come from? Or how does he play a role in this? Or or who are they? Who When he says they are the ones who told you, okay, let me trace back who are they? Who was yeah. he speaking to in the prior verses so that I may understand who the they are, right. who the he is? Right. It's important to do that because then the they, oh, it's me. Right. Oh, okay. Was, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just about to say that is that, you know, if we don't understand the context of whom they're they're speaking on, right. we're quick to insert ourselves. Oh, yeah. We you know, know especially if it's like a nice, like right. nice scripture like or you know you'll be blessed you'll be oh that he's talking yeah. about me yeah, yeah, yeah um but it's important to understand the the, the context for right. that same reason because it could be talking about a whole other group of people a whole other group of of uh, just a different situation right. that what we paint for ourselves and, and so that that all comes with not having seminary school not having all these crazy tools mm-hmm. but reading carefully yeah Reading purposefully, intentionally, stopping when you see the they and being like, okay, do I know who the they is? Mm -hmm. Have they pictured or have they presented the they Mm -hmm. so that I may understand? That's that's the whole thing. I'm not asking anybody to go buy all these things, but... Are we reading scripture carefully to understand the context of of why it's being written? Yeah. And then from there, we do the part that we kind of like more. Which is, okay, I've understood what Paul was actually saying. Mm-hmm. I've understood what the author was actually trying to portray and what the message was. If I was there in that time re- receiving that message, now it's time for me to try and apply that for the here and the now. Now yeah. it's time for me to to take that message that Paul was saying and how does that fit into my life? Yeah. And, and we were taught this skill in school, you know, yeah, like yeah. read, read 
this part of, of literature, read, read this essay and, um, you know, how does that pertain to you? What, what did you get from it? What does that, you know, mean for you? Like we've learned this skill. And I think, I think there's, there's two things here. Um, you know, our, our knowing to do so sometimes inclines us to do it first, you know, because it's, it's, it's normal. It's natural. It's what we were taught. And, um, you know, so sometimes we do what's the here and now and before asking all the questions that we need or to ask. Or we don't ask those questions and we just did here and now. Yeah, exactly. You know, no, for real. We, and we, we, we completely skip and we just go, you know, okay, how does this apply here and now? Um, so I think sometimes we do that. But that's the question you have to ask. Okay, why do I have to interpret first what mm-hmm. is actually being said and then they apply the here and now? Because there's this rule when we come to interpreting, and I'm going to give it to you guys because um, it's good for us to understand. Mm-hmm. The rule is that the text or the passage cannot mean what it could never have meant for the original reader, hmm. for the original recipient. That's good. Why did I have to do that first? Because before I can apply it to my life, I must understand that the meaning that I get for my life for the here and now mm-hmm. cannot mean something that it could not have meant back then. Because then we're just making up our own scripture. Right. Then we're just making up whatever we want it to be. And so, oh, Paul could not have meant that I'm actually evil inside. Mm. He could not have meant that. So what he's actually saying is that I do evil things. Hmm. Ephesians couldn't Ephesians chapter chapter two, verse one could not mean that I was actually dead in my sin and my transgression. It had to have meant that I really was just, um, you know, not too good. I was okay. I wasn't doing the best of things, but it couldn't have really meant that I was dead in my sin. It couldn't really have meant that I was bad. Hmm. Mm, That's the part where it gets hard. Right. Because what it couldn't, what the, the rule has to be that it cannot mean what it could never have meant for the original recipients. Right. It, it has to be in line with, again, I mean, I feel like a broken record, but it has to be in line with the context, with yeah. the situation, with the, 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 whatever is being addressed in that moment it has to lie in that context. Because if it, if it, if it's speaking on one thing and your conclusion of whatever you're reading is totally opposite oh. of what it is, it's not like, Oh, I found this like random gem <laughs> yeah. of interpretation and revelation that nobody through the years found. No, 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 no. Nobody in two thousand years have ever understood the Bible that way. But, but yeah. you, yeah, but you. <laughs> and so you know, it 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 can't be that. It no. can't be that. You know, I I'm not I'm not discounting uh, revelation the the spirit's revelation to to which to exists what we read right, right. but. It will always, you know, this, this takes me to, to one of the, the, the notes I have written down is that, um, you know, uh, God, God knows his thoughts and his works right? and his works will always align directly with his thoughts. Exactly. So we're, we're never going to find something that. Say that again. I already forgot what I said. That was super good. <laughs> but um, God, God knows His own thoughts and His works, and His works agree directly with His thoughts. Amen. You know, so He Amen. will never do something opposite. He can't contradict Himself. He's not going to contradict Himself, right. and we're not, and especially us who are contradictive creatures, exactly. are not going to find something contradictory in what God does or says. And so, yeah. in, in in within that light. You know, while we read scripture, if we're getting something opposite, we should say, hmm. Yeah, check your interpretation again. Red flag, red (laughs) alert, you know, nothing to freak out completely on. But let me go back and read context because I'm missing something. It can't can't be from the Holy Spirit. That We can't give credit to the Holy Spirit for the way we interpret a text when it contradicts. Right. It's kind of like it's kind of like doing a, a, a Sudoku puzzle, mm. you know, and, and things start fitting and things start, you know, you put the numbers and you're like, oh, OK, cool. And then and then there's this spot where a number doesn't fit. Yeah. But other ones. So that means you made an error somewhere right. else. Not that the number one through ten is wrong. That right. have been has been passed down through ages that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That that's the order and that's what they look like. Right. That's not wrong. No. that's settled that is set in stone so what was wrong our process to yeah. get there in the puzzle and so we have to take steps backward and view where we 
went wrong right. and, and, and and not wrong where I don't want it to be a condemning wrong. Like, oh, you don't know how to read the scripture. Or you right, did right, something right. wrong. It's just you, we, we we tend to sometimes go off on our own little path. And, no, for sure. And and in our own little uh, interpretations, and that's okay. Like we can, but if we that can't be our our right. our, our final. Um, oh, this is it. Yep, this is new this revelation. Has to be how it is. You know, we have to go back, and if it's not lining up. I have to line up with God. Right. I have to line up with his words and his thoughts because mine. I don't are, want to create my own doctrine. Right. Yeah. That's the danger. Yeah. Creating our own doctrine. Creating our own doctrine and being and holding it as truth. And that's how things start. And creating a theology for ourselves that we're comfortable with. Right. We're comfortable with. And then we begin. Here's the, here's the danger. And, and this is not to offend anybody because honestly, we've, we're this, we're speaking from a place of process. Right. We've processed, we've been processed through this. Absolutely. And, and so, what we're saying is 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 important because when we begin to interpret the Bible the way we want it to be, mm-hmm. when we begin to interpret the Bible and make our doctrine according to what fits our theology, what fits our view of God, and what we think the Bible should say, mm-hmm. we've created an idol. We haven't created. The, we haven't. We're not following the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. At that moment, there is a Jesus who's okay with everything that we can do. That um, doesn't be. Doesn't um, really have a problem with sin or hmm. does it, you know whatever it may be but when we the reason we're faithful to the text is because god has chosen to reveal himself through the text right and so what we're doing is not necessarily just reading a book but reading the revelation of a of a triune god who decided to reveal himself through the holy inspired word and through his spirit leading us to truth at all times. Yeah. And we're not taking the head. We're not saying, hey, it's only head knowledge, no spirit, because we believe in the revelation of the spirit. Absolutely. We're just saying that the revelation of the spirit cannot and will not ever contradict that which has already been said. Hmm. He won't contradict himself. No. We believe that the spirit is still speaking today, that he's still moving today, but that he will not and cannot contradict himself because if he contradicts himself, he ceases being God. Yeah. And the revelation through the spirit is almost like not to minimize it but it's almost like a trailer to a movie you know the trailer its purpose is to give you a taste of what the whole movie is going to be it is never going to show you a drama when the movie is a comedy Mm -hmm. you know and in the same way the the, the spirit is not going to reveal something that is later going to be contradicted in the entire context of of the word yeah um and i think I, i i love that we were saying that and and what you brought up was um big um, and and I wasn't going to share, but I mean, not that I wasn't going to share, but it, it came to my mind to share of of the processes that we we've been through and idolizing, you know, even the scripture and, and how we've personally created our doctrine and our, our oh, own yeah. theology and how we've created this, you know, idol of 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 the Bible, right. because it fits what we'd like. It fits what we want to hear. And, and I remember there was a point in my life where. I would read scripture and, you know, I would read it for, you know, as they taught me, like read it for direction. If you need direction, read it. I'll open it up and, um, you know, I'll I'll start reading it and then I'll read something and I didn't like it. You know, I didn't, I, I, it could, it could have been be righteous and be holy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and for, for your God is holy, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, Next page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to something encouraging and 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 something that you know uh, you beloved and 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 this and all, which is true, which yes, is absolutely true. true. I'm not I'm not saying it's God not. It's love. Yes, it's not false. The teaching that God is love is not false. <laughs> it's just that He's so much more. Right. But the the thing is is that um you know I I I, I saw scripture. I didn't like what I read. I didn't like what what you know. Right. As I interpret it correctly in that moment and either I, you know, there was moments I disregarded it or tried to find a different angle yeah. in my nature of a contradictive creature yeah. of, of, of someone who, you know, of the flesh who wants to be more comfortable than, yeah. than, than sacrificial. If we're being honest, I want to be, you know, and I said this last week is like, I want to be more okay. I want to feel okay. I want to feel good. I want to, I want to feel like I'm progressing as a person, but in reality, you know, I'm not good. Right. And, and I need Christ and I need God. And, 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 and I, and I need to just be more of, be, be with him more and, 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 you know, just get lost in the scripture for that simple fact of yeah. just getting the real taste of who God is, right. of his true nature Come and on. just taking him 
as he as as he is shown and as, yeah. he, as he shows himself in scripture. And so I say that to say that you know that that is that it's a very true thing. It's a very um, thing it's a very factual thing that happens because it happened in my life yeah. i've done it right you know where i've chosen not to to i've chosen to disregard disregard certain scripture accept certain scripture yeah. into my own interpretation of it right. that made me feel exactly. and here we go back to emotions that made me feel a little uncomfortable you know it, it made me feel comfortable and i avoided the uncomfortable right. ones so right. and and that's a whole topic where my life is a little bit similar in my process because I would come and I'm like, I have to wrestle with what I'm reading right now. Hmm. And I don't want to wrestle with it because I was taught this already. Yeah. And there is no possible way that a man might have taught me wrong. Hmm. And so, hmm. and we can get into there, mind. We don't have to get into the idols that we make of man and all these things. <laughs> but there's no way that a man could have taught me wrong. And so, because we have this understanding, maybe that men are infallible, we have hmm. hung onto this teaching that they have taught us. And when it contradicts something we're reading in scripture, we're like, no, no way. I'm tossing this thing away or I'm highlighting with black Sharpie because this is some teaching me or telling me something that is contrary to what I have already believed. Hmm. And that's where, it, that's the hard part. That's the part that I had to be broken in my life because I had to accept that there might have been things that I was taught wrong. Yeah. yeah. I had to accept that there might have been things that I misunderstood and when I came to the text, it's teaching me, it's reproofing me, it's disciplining me, it's hmm. teaching me to understand correctly. And I have to be okay with looking at the text and saying, I choose to believe what you are saying rather than the message I heard two weeks ago, because the Bible is our authority. Hmm. It is our authority. And sometimes that's why life, there's some preachers uh, I really appreciate. And they're like, I don't want you to lean on my words that I'm saying, but rather instead of talking for 50 minutes and going to one scripture, I want everything that I'm talking about to be based out of the scripture so that you're not trusting my words, yeah. but you're trusting the scriptures. You're trusting that which is taught. And so that is the, something that we have to wrestle with. And that's my testimony wrestling with things and running away from the confrontation where I might have been taught wrong, mm -hmm. where I might have been missed, where I personally might have misunderstood something or skipped over something that the Lord has chosen to reveal to me this day. And I'm looking at it and I'm staring at it with my eyes wide open, freaked out because everything I might've lived by or the code I might've lived by might have been wrong. Yeah. And super side note, but I mean, it, it kind of pertains, but you know, the safest the best teachers will always point you back to scripture. Yes. And that scripture that they point you back to will not contradict what they're saying, mm -hmm. you know? And and when everything lines up, then we're cool. We're, we're cool. We're, yeah. You know, like it's not this whole thing we got to get all in, up in a fuss about all worried and stressed out. It's just, right. you know, when, when, when we're rightly in our hearts approaching scripture. Yeah. We're gonna be okay because we're then we're allowing in that in that posture we're allowing scripture yes. and we're allowing the spirit to reveal that scripture yeah. um, to us you know rather than coming with our own agenda being people of the truth right plain and simple we want truth mm -hmm. we want the genuine truth that God had intended for us whether or not that means that I have to deal with some things of uncomfortability like you mm -hmm. or like me deal with some notion that I might have been wrong yeah. or that I might have been taught wrong we have to be we want truth Lord we want you we want the God of the Bible we want the genuine God who has chosen to reveal himself in such a way where I don't have to define him, but accept the way that he's defined himself. Yeah. That is the place we get to. That is the place where, where we allow the, the transformation that happens when we read the living scripture to actually happen in our lives. Mm. Because a lot of the times we're not trying to be transformed by the word, but rather allow the word to be our, our, our ammo to defend what we already believe. Hmm. 
And so sometimes it's it's in a place where I'm not going to scripture to be transformed, but to get ammunition for what I want people to start believing. Wow. Yeah. And so that's when we come with lenses. But rather, I come to the word to be transformed where I say, I'm not teaching the word. You're teaching me. I'm not making you say what I want you to say, but mm. you're I'm reading what is actually being said and being understood and allowing that to transform my heart, transform my nature, my character, the way I live, the hmm. way I talk, the way I walk. Everything I do is I allow scripture to transform me. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that I've 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 <laughs> I've I've done that, right. you know, like in arguments or like they start pointing out scripture. You want to point out scripture? Yeah, let's, let's go. go. And then I start seeking things in my lens yeah, that yeah. will support <laughs> whatever I'm arguing at that moment and just shoot it right back. Right. Um, and that's that's like our manipulation of scripture. Right. That's that's our wanting to control Oof. what the scripture is saying. And that's when we start uh, swimming with the sharks. So those, those are kind of like the basic... Um, yeah tools Mm -hmm. we want to start with exegesis what is the bible intended for then move into question what are the not questioning the bible but asking questions of the bible Mm -hmm. to better understand and from there go into the here and the now now that i've done that part how does this scripture or passage apply to my life Mm -hmm. and there are some tools that we can use and I'm, i'm not saying guys go run to the bookstore and buy these things but if you want to use these things it's always good to have a good commentary of the Bible, a good Bible version. And those are kind of the two things that, yeah, a study Bible. Yeah. I mean, the, the tools are, are, are great. The, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Justin, of, of like not wanting to, um, you know, make people feel like they have to go out and get, absolutely. They don't. You don't have to, you know, that that's not the, a, a requirement in order to understand not at all. scripture properly. Not at all. Um, it's definitely helpful. That's what I was going to say. I definitely do. It does help. It yeah. does, you know, like it, it just gives you, a, um, another, a couple of avenues to, right. to, 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 to study, you know, like it just, it helps out, you right. know, um, kind of like, I guess if you can say like vitamins, or, or right, for sure. it's not gonna, you know, it doesn't supplement, right. you know, actual food and actual vitamins right. that we get naturally, but it, it does help tools are, do help. There are, are resources that do help. Cause tools, I, I want to say this cause I don't want to be held accountable for any of this tools are secondary to scripture mm-hmm. first and foremost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then tools are not the word of God. Right. So the commentary of Matthew Henry is not final. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not, this is, this is law. It right. has to be right. Right. There, there it's, it's past the test of time. And so we know that there's something in there that, that, uh, holds truth to Orthodox Christianity, but mm-hmm. the nothing can replace our Bible reading time. I don't go right. and immerse myself into the tools that help me understand scripture. If I'm not even reading scripture. Right. That's so that cool. I want to make that important. And then I want to give a humble opinion. This is an opinion guys. And I promise you don't stone me. I, I just uh, have come to this understanding where there's so many Bible translations out there and there's either the, the, the paraphrase or, or literal word types of translations word for word or word for word. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different way they translate. The reason why I try to lean more towards word for word is because the Bible in itself going to English had to already go through interpretation. Right. So if I go to paraphrase, it went from Greek Aramaic Hebrew to English to now the author's kind of incorporating a little bit of his thought mm-hmm. to un- kind of help us understand. Right. Where in case for word for word, it just went straight to English. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I, I, I like to allow the Holy Spirit to kind of teach me these things and, and, yeah. and not super mystical way, but like actually understanding that I want the spirit to lead me to all truth. And so I try to stay away from paraphrase. I'm not saying that if you're reading the message, oh my gosh, what the heck is happening to you? No, 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 no. I, I actually tend to like the message translation, but when I'm when I'm actually coming to the word, say it's your study time or your Bible reading time, read a I, I would I would opinionate and suggest to read a word for word, mm. which is NKJV, NASB, NIV, ESV, CSB, and Personally, the closest thing I use to paraphrase is the NLT. Mm-hmm. I try not to stick. I try to go away from those because of that thing that I don't want to kind of interpret an interpretation already. Yeah. But rather interpret that which can't, got translated word for word. If yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, 
if if I may give my two cents. Yeah. Um, I just ESV for me is just like an easier read. Oh, ESV is great. Yeah. You know, and I like it. You know, because it it it, it does stem from that um, word for word word for word. Yeah. Um, translation. And and it's an easier read, you know. I'm not hitting a bunch of thous and thus and right. and you know. Yeah, um, KJV is a tough read. It, I'll be honest. It's a tough read, you know. It, it's I guess I don't know if I would even I don't want to say like it's the safer one, um, you know. But you know, if, if we're if we're talking in 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 the spectrum of of word for word, it does pretty pretty right. pretty good as right. as can be done as can be done, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, ESV is pretty cool. Um, cause I don't think any of us are going to go out there and start studying being masters in Hebrew and Greek to right. read the Bible in its original languages. I mean, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real tough. If you guys want to go for that adventure, go for it. But <laughs> that's that because of the reason that we're not all masters in Hebrew, Greek and Aramaic, I, I want to read what's closest to that. Yeah. And that's why I go lean towards word for word. Listen again. If you're reading paraphrase like message or amplified or anything like that, don't, it's not like, oh my gosh, you guys are heathens or whatever. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't go throw it in there. Don't go throw it in the trash. <laughs> you're fine. Everything. I'm just giving my humble opinion that, and maybe if you did not know that it went through two processes of interpretation rather than one. Right. So you're now giving it a third process of interpretation. And yeah. that's kind of like where things can get a little foggy. We start playing the game of telephone. Right. You know, which... You know, sometimes it makes it through successful. Who are we to say? But, you know, like you said, it's just a humble opinion. Right. Word for word is is cool. I say we do one more verse to yeah. kind of bring um, understanding and clarity to how this process works. Yeah, let's do it. Um, which one do you like? Jeremiah? I've got it pulled up already. <laughs> so we're um, in that same um, Following up what we just said, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, uh, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, mm-hmm. says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. So do you want to give that <laughs> context there? Yeah. So usually when I remember getting this verse um, on a keychain for my graduation, <laughs> And I was given to it and I was like, yes, the Lord knows and everything. Right. But when we read this verse as a standalone verse or a standalone promise, it seems though, as God is intention is to make us popular, rich, healthy, powerful, or well-known. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like that. Oh, he has the plan. And so I get to trust that one day I get to be rich because God has promised it. Or one day I'm going to be popular or powerful or well-known. And so when we read that by itself, we kind of have this understanding that God somewhere or another is never going to let me go through a hard time. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to go through a valley. I'm always going to be okay. And it's that that's the promise that God has for my life. And here's the thing. Uh, when we read the scriptures, God never promises that everything's going to be easy. Hmm. True Orthodox Christianity doesn't only promise easiness, but that he will not forsake. Right. And you know what I mean? Right. Not, not that you're always going to be the most well-liked person in the world, but that there might be time where you're ridiculed, persecuted, and hated, but he's still there. Mm-hmm. But that's a, besides the point of what the context of this verse is. But when we see this in context, it wasn't given to an individual. Hmm. You know, it wasn't, ge- this verse wasn't given to Jeremiah. It was actually given to the nation. Right. And so when we, when, we, when you see it's actually given to a people group, hmm. uh, more accurately, the Hebrews that were exiled in Babylon at the time. Right. God is promising that he has not given up on his people. He's promising that even though things look dire or things look bad, that they still have future, that they still have a hope in him. That's good. And that word prosper that many of us like to use wealth, it doesn't refer to money. Actually, mm-hmm. it doesn't even refer to material blessing. It's right. actually referring to the physical and spiritual salvation that those people were going to go through. And it's a promise that God it wasn't done with them. It's a promise that where they were at, he wasn't going to leave them there. Mm-hmm. It's a promise that he was going to see them through, that he is their God still, and that they are still his people. And that promise of wealth isn't that they were going to get rich, but rather that they were going to see salvation in him. Right. And I, I, I can see the trip up, you know, when words like prosperity, yeah, yeah, yeah. welfare, um, you know, uh, Plans for plans for your welfare, right. you know, for, for, for you not to go. Uh, and, and it says here and not for calamity. Right. Um, you know, I, I get where where right. the trip up can happen. Right. 
because you know we in the English language prosperity and welfare that's yeah. material that's money right. that's success you know and I remember this being one of the first scriptures I I I kind of came to understand that I, you know was interpreted wrong or I understood it wrong right right you know it was one of those because I I I've received it you know in that same way where you know. Uh, God knows the, the plans that he has for you, you know, people exactly. praying over me and, and, and teaching me like, you know, and, and in, in, inside me, inside my heart, inside my, my spirit, I would believe like, okay, that means like good things will happen to me. Like right. I'll, I'll get a job. I'll, 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 I'll not be in debt. I'll not be broke. You know, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be successful at right. what I do. Never a hard time. Never a hard time yeah. because, and, and so the problem is that if I view this scripture in that lens, and then hard times come. Right, I view it as God lied to me. Right, or 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 people that taught me about God lied to me. Right. In essence, then God lied to them, and so then that's where that train of thought starts to trail, and that's where it becomes dangerous. Right. Um. So that's why it's important, like as you said, right. the context of it is that God was speaking to a nation. Yeah. And speaking to a people that not a specific person, not one person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, yo, Jeremiah, look at this, bro. <laughs> I'm about to make you popular. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to make you prosper. Yeah. The whole nation is going down, but you brother, no, yeah. he didn't do that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's the beauty of viewing scripture correctly. Right. Because we can see it as more, it holds more weight than what right. we make it. Because instead of seeing this as something that God has promised me never going down, mm -hmm. I get to actually rather interpret it in the way of seeing God's nature. And God's nature is that he sees his plans through. Mm. And the plans that he has, nothing can get in the way of his plans. And that his people get to be a part of his plans. Mm -hmm. And that there is hope in God. Rather than me holding on to the promise that I'm going to be wealthy, well-known, never hated, prosper in materialistic things or whatever, I hold on to the fact that God's nature is to see his plans through. And that he finishes what he started. And that the promise that he gave him to the beginning of Jeremiah, to them going into exile, to them going through hard times, God is still God. And yeah. that's what I get to that verse when I when I see it, that he's not talking to a person and he's not necessarily promising me prosperity, wealth, and all these things, but rather that he's showing his nature as a God who sees his plans through, hmm. as a God who isn't contradicted to himself, that if right. he said something, he's going to do it. Right. And that's where we get the hope from the scripture. Not necessarily that he's going to do so many great things in me, whether or not God uses me to go deliver a nation. I worship him because his plans will always be seen to the end. Right. And again, like this is not, as you said, whether or not I am, I physically, right. you know, Jay or Justin are, are used. He's still exalted. Yeah. He's still great. Amen. And he's still a God that he's is faithful good. and just, and he's showing his nature. And in this scripture, uh, you know, just to top it off, yeah. you know, uh, God will, was saying he, he's not giving them the expectation of their fears, yeah. which was like, yo, we're all going out. We're all getting we're taken out as yeah, a nation sure. because all this is going on. Nor was he giving them the expectations of their fancies, of their desires. Mm. It wasn't the prosperity side either of like, <laughs> all right, you guys are right here right now. But yeah. once you get out of this, you're going to have gold, a nation, mm. a castle, a boom, a this, one of the greatest nations. He wasn't saying that either. No. He was giving them the expectation of their faith. And yeah. what is the expectation of our faith? Is that we are saved yeah. and we have eternal life mm. in him. Come on. And and so we get to hold that Come on. As, as, a, as a rock, as an anchor, yes. you know, and that's the yes. expectation that we are being given wow right so it's not the it's not so much the worst thing that we fear that yeah. we're getting and it's not the greatest thing that we desire that we're yeah. getting but it's the faith that we are putting in in him, in him yeah. that we receive right and that's amazing right because it's almost like that game that we play of, of trust fall and people joke around and they let people fall god would never let us fall right he says he will he saves us and he is there and we have eternal life in him that's what we get to get right and that's that's what we get to hope in. Right. And that's the beauty of the scripture. Right. Not that I'm going to live an amazing mm -hmm. life here on earth, but that I get to live an amazing life with him. Wow. And, you know, when interpreted correctly, that changed the the faith from being into what I can be in the future mm -hmm. or what's in store for me. And that's why it's important for us to interpret correctly. 
to gain better understanding of the scriptures and apply them correctly. Mm -hmm. And I do want to make this statement because I want to reiterate what the heart of this podcast is. We don't believe that we're these theologians. We both don't have PhD in <laughs> theology. We're not uh, graduated from the best seminaries in the world. Right. But what we speak of is through the processes and the errors that we've gone through in this Christian walk. Right. The processes and the errors that are have made us to the people that we are through the grace of God hmm. and allowing those teachings and those, those things that we went through that the Spirit took us to and revealed the truth to us. Apply that out here. Build the body of Christ, not as least naughty two people who think they know everything, but out of understanding that, hey, we went through some things that maybe other people are going through. Right. And if we can be a benefit and build them up and and, and build the church that ha- that reveres the word of God again and yeah. wants to be faithful to it, yeah. then let it be. Yeah, it definitely is from a humble heart yeah. and a caring heart. Um, you know, as you said, we don't want people... And, and not that we're going to help people, all the, everybody avoid, no, it's, no, for sure. it's not, not possible, but for those that we can, you know, we just want to share our testimony yeah. and what we've learned up to, up to now. So, yeah. And identify, you know, that's the biggest thing. If you guys identify with what we're going through, we're talking about, don't feel, oh my gosh, they're calling me out. <laughs> no guys, we've been there. Right. And that's why we're talking about that. Absolutely. So thank you for listening to episode two guys. Honestly, yeah, that I know it might be some. Um, things to like chew on and, and yeah. take notes about or or what a process but i i pray that it was a blessing for you guys and um gerardo is the guy who signed us off so let's do that yes i am see you guys love y'all